Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? And I want to read it from the New Living Translation. Therefore, angels are only servants, spirits sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. Psalms 91:11. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. The 91st Psalm is known as the protection psalm. I believe we can pray and claim that psalm over our lives and over the lives of our family. And here he's talking about how angels are involved in protecting us and keeping us from harm. The word angel occurs over 250 times in the word of God. When you add certain variants to that word, it increases to upwards of 400 times. When God initiates a new day, when God gets ready to bring forth a new order or to do a new thing, there will always be angelic activity One of the signs of true revival and restoration are testimonies of angelic activity. People will see and experience and witness the activity of angels. God uses angels throughout the scripture to execute the plans of God in the earth. Angels were very involved in the ministry, the earthly ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Angels announced the birth of Christ in Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38. An angel told Joseph to take Mary as his wife in Matthew chapter 1 verse 20. It was an angel who warned wise men not to return to Herod in Matthew chapter 2 verse 12. An angel warned Joseph to flee to Egypt in Matthew chapter 2 verse 13. Angels ministered to Christ after his temptation in Matthew chapter 4 verse 11. An angel brought healing at the pool of Bethesda in John chapter 5 verse 4. Angels ministered to Christ in Gethsemane in Luke 22:43. Angels were present at the resurrection in Luke chapter 24 verse 4. And angels announced that Christ would return again in Acts chapter 1 verse 10 through 11. Let me read those scriptures to you. I love these scriptures in Acts chapter 10 verse 11. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into the heavens? This same Jesus who was taken from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Study of angels is an interesting, fascinating study in the word of God. The word angel comes from a Hebrew word and a Greek word, angelos, in the New Testament. And both words mean messenger. And really, depending on the context, these words can indicate either a human messenger or a supernatural heavenly beings we call angels. Martin Luther, the great reformer, wrote, he said, An angel is a spiritual creature created by God without a body for the service of Christendom and of the church. Billy Graham Wrote, he said, angels belong to a uniquely different dimension of creation that we, limited to the natural order, can scarcely comprehend. In this angelic domain, the limitations are different from those God has imposed on our natural order. He's given angels higher knowledge, power, and mobility than we. They are God's messengers whose chief business is to carry out his orders in the world. He has given them an ambassadorial charge. He has designated and empowered them as holy deputies to perform works of righteousness. In this way, they assist him as their creator while he sovereignly controls the universe. So he has given them the capacity to bring his holy enterprises to a successful conclusion. James Gall, a powerful prophetic minister, writes, he said, there are, there are 104 recorded angelic encounters in scripture. And the book of Revelation records the largest number of encounters. The Apostle John and others watched 
listened to or interacted with angels 52 times in the book of Revelation. And no two of these encounters are identical. Perry Stone has written a book called Angels on Assignment. And he gives several facts about angels that are found throughout the scriptures. Number one, angels need no rest. Number two, angels can be both visible and invisible. Angels can descend to earth and ascend to heaven. Angels, according to 1 Corinthians 13, 1, have a language of their own. Angels, according to Hebrews 12, 22, are innumerable. Somebody said, how many angels are there? They're innumerable. They're just beyond counting. Angels wear white garments, John 20, 12. Angels eat food called manna. They eat angel food cake. Amen. Angels can appear in human form at times. And listen, angels never appear in the female form. They always appear in the form of a man or male. They're male in gender when they appear in the scriptures. They take on the form of a man. I read that scripture to you, two men in white apparel. We believe those were angels, messengers sent to declare that Jesus would come again, but they appeared as men. So we learn in our study of the scriptures that angels are all around us. They guide and protect us. They minister and comfort. They deliver divine messages. They strengthen the people of God, and they are our allies in spiritual warfare. In our last setting, last Sunday morning, I talked to you, and we studied angels as divine messengers. We studied angels as divine ministers, and then we just studied angels as magnificent warriors. But this morning, I want to talk again about angels and just finish up this message on the study of angels. First of all, I want you to see that they are announcing angels, announcing angels. A dear friend of mine who's a, he travels all over the world preaching. He and another gentleman that I know were both in Africa and they were doing a crusade in Africa. And they said at the end of that night, that crusade, they went back to the room and they were in the room there together. One was in, on one side of the room in this bed and the other was in this bed. And he said, all of a sudden, this angelic being came into the room and said, it just lit up that dark room and just tremendous and said, immediately you felt the glory of God. And this angel was there in this room. And he said, when we reached out to touch it, the next thing we knew, we woke up the next morning. You say, well, I don't know if I believe in angels and angelic appearances or not. Well, I think you have to understand what angels do and who angels are and understand what the scripture said so that you're not led astray by everybody that comes along talking about angels. One of the functions of angels is to deliver divine announcement. In Luke chapter 1, verse 11 through 19, Gabriel announced the birth of John the Baptist and then in Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38, this same angel Gabriel was sent by God to Nazareth to a virgin whose name was Mary. I want you to join the conversation and let's listen in on the conversation in Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus for he will be great and will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary questioned the angel. How can this be since I do not know a man? 
The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren, for with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I've often wondered what it was like when this young 15, 16 year old girl went home and told her mom and dad, I'm going to have a baby. Said the angel departed from her. She's probably said, Lord, I need that angel again. I mean, think about that. Think about the stigma she had to carry. She was an unwed teenage mother. It was Gabriel who was called the angel of God's presence in Luke chapter 1 verse 19. He delivered the announcement about the birth of the Messiah. When you study the life of Gabriel in the Bible, you see that he's linked to bringing forth divine revelations such as interpretation of prophetic visions or dreams. In Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 20, there is an angelic announcement. Now they were in the same country, shepherds, living out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Do you notice the theme there? Every time an angel comes and he speaks to somebody, the first thing he says is, do not be afraid, fear not. For he said, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. These shepherds were living out in the fields. That's why we do not believe that Jesus was born in December. He most likely was born before October, because after October and then into the spring, the shepherds would keep their flock inside and not out in the fields. But these shepherds were living out in the fields. They were keeping watch over their flocks by night. The only light would have been the small campfire they huddled around in the field at night. Dark, eerily quiet. No cars, no traffic, no radios, no televisions, no internet, no cell phones. Eerily quiet. Yet the quiet was about to be shattered by the sudden appearance of an angel. And in the midst of this darkness... On this quiet night, just another routine night, watching over their father's flocks, an angel comes upon them. This could have been the very moment of Jesus' birth. The sky split open in that quiet field, and it was lit up with sound and an unbelievable sight of angels declaring the glory of the Lord. You see, the light was his glory, and the sound was the celestial voices raised as one, and the sight was not just one angel, but multitudes of the heavenly How did the Father announce the birth of our Savior? Luke chapter 2 verse 13, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. God put on a light show that night with his angels. What were they celebrating? The Bible says in the book of Galatians that in the fullness of time, God sent forth his Son born of a woman. They were celebrating the time that had been prophesied, the time that they knew would come when Jesus would come into this earth 
enter into this world and fulfill the prophetic words that had been spoken over 300 in the old covenant and he would begin a new day. And in the beginning of this new day, in the beginning of this new era that God was about to bring forth, there is a celebration of the angels because they know what is going to transpiring and what is going to take place. And notice they appeared to shepherds. They didn't go to the palace. They didn't go to the White House or the halls of Congress. They came to the common, ordinary, blue-collar working people that were working the night shift, the third shift, keeping watch over the flocks. And listen, shepherds were often despised by the higher class, the upper class. And they were in Bethlehem. Bethlehem is just a small village, but it's the city of David. It's the place where Ruth gleaned in the fields of Moab. It's the place where Jacob kept watch over his flock and his shepherds, this little lowly town. And these shepherds, perhaps some of those sheep would be used in sacrifice in the temple because some of the sheep and the lambs that were raised there were taken just a few miles up the road to Jerusalem and used in the temple and in the worship of the temple. But yet that which was born would be the Lamb of God himself. And God puts on a show that night. The glory of the Lord, glory comes in the appearance of an angel. Now, the first words to these shepherds were, the first words to these shepherds were, do not be afraid, because the Bible said they were greatly afraid. He said, I give you good tidings of great joy. One scholar writes, he said, the news brought by the angels was the best news mankind could have had. The only news comparable for those born again will be when the sky splits open in a second and Jesus appears for the final time. Angels will also be involved in that as well. And we're told that it will be just as sudden in the twinkling of an eye. 1 Corinthians 15:52. Dick Mills writes, It is my firm conviction that before the second coming of our Lord, there will be as much angel activity as there was at his first coming. See, these shepherds were mostly young men. Younger sons were assigned the duty of tending the sheep. And the Bible does not specify how many they were or how old they were. And one thing we can be sure of is that their lives would never be the same again. Luke chapter 2 verse 15 through 18. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told by the shepherds. It began with an announcement of angels, but then it was picked up by these shepherds. And the Bible said they told everybody that would listen. If you go back and study the angelic encounter that took place in Luke chapter 1, where Gabriel came to the temple and spoke to Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, the Bible says that when his speech was restored, that it was noised abroad. It was told all over the hill country of Judea. All through that area, it was told about this angel coming and visiting Zechariah and John the Baptist, his miraculous birth to a mother who was barren. Have you noticed that God, when he gets ready to do something, when he gets ready to fulfill a promise, that he takes usually a barren woman and she will carry the seed of that promise on the inside of her? Do you remember God spoke to Abraham and Sarah? Sarah's past the age of bearing children and said, I'm going to give you a child. And then when the Lord and two angels came and visited them in Mamre, outside of Hebron, the Lord spoke and said, you're going to have a child. And Sarah over in the tent laughed. And the word Isaac means laughter. It was Rebekah 
Baron Isaac prayed for her. She had twins, Jacob and Esau. It was Hannah who couldn't have a child whose womb had been shut up and she cried out to God and she had Samuel. Elizabeth, Zechariah, and apparently they had prayed and asked God for a child because when the angel came and appeared to him, he said, you're going to have a child. God has heard your prayers. And the Bible said they were well advanced in years. They were up in years. And they had a child. And it is said that the ministry of John the Baptist, John the Immerser, the name John means God is gracious. It means favor. His ministry affected over one million people. He wasn't just an isolated guy in the wilderness, but over one million people, that whole nation was shaken by the ministry of John the Baptist. Announced by an angel. We learn in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 2, that angels assist, assisted in giving the law of Moses. Angels are involved in delivering divine announcements. When Jesus rose from the dead on the third day, there were two angels who announced to Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and other women the resurrection of the Lord. Listen to what they said in Luke 24, 5, and 6. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Angels are sent by God to make divine announcements. Secondly, there's angelic activity. The first mention of angels are in Genesis chapter 3, where angels were posted to guard the gates of the Garden of Eden. Angels are actively carrying out the plans of God. Angel visits always have a purpose. They always brought people closer to God and his plan for them. In Hebrews chapter 2 verse 2 it says this, For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward. In Numbers 22, 22, an angel blocked the path of Balaam when he was prepared to curse Israel. In Daniel 6, 22, God sent angels to shut the mouth of lions when Daniel was cast into the lion's den. Let me just read to you verses 20 through 22. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever, for my God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they would not have hurt me, because I was found innocent before him, and also, O king, I've done no wrong before you. Now, I've heard all kinds of different theories about what Daniel encountered that night in the lion's den. Some said the lions roared at him, and he had to listen to the lions roar, but the Bible said God sent angels and shut the lion's mouth. I believe those lions just went off to sleep. I don't believe Daniel lost a night's sleep that night. I don't believe the lions were roaring in that lion's den. I believe the angel took care of that. And evidently, Daniel understood and knew it was angels because he answers the king. He said, the Lord sent angels to shut the mouth of the lion. Angels are helpers. Angels are protectors. Angels are guardians. Angels execute the divine will of God. Angels rejoice when someone is saved by grace. Luke 15, 10, likewise I say to you, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. When a sinner repents, angels rejoice. In Judges chapter 6, verse 12, an angel appeared to Gideon to direct him in battle. We learn in Revelation 18, 1, that angels have great authority. If you remember the story of Gabriel, when he's speaking to Zacharias in the temple, and he says, your prayers have been answered. And here's human nature. Here's how we are. God sends an angel... The angel says, your prayers have been answered. You're going to have a child. And Zechariah is saying, well, how's this going to happen? <laughs> How can this be? We question what the Lord is saying because we try to figure out a supernatural miracle with a natural mind. We try to understand what God is doing miraculously with our natural thinking. And the angel had authority 
Notice what he did. He said, because you've doubted my words, you're not going to be able to speak until the child is born. And he didn't speak. Matter of fact, when he came out of the inner court of the temple where he was at the altar of incense to where the people were gathered outside, they knew something had happened. They saw it on his countenance. And the Bible said they thought maybe he'd had a vision. And he motioned to them, but he couldn't talk. Nine, ten months later, a little boy comes along named John. On the eighth day, they took him to be circumcised. And they said, well, what are you going to name him? And Elizabeth said, his name will be called John. And they said, well, you don't have anybody named John in your family. And the Bible said that Zechariah asked for a paper to write on. And he wrote, his name shall be called John. And when he did that, immediately his speech returned. Angels have great authority. Revelation 18, 1, after these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. Angels opened prison doors. Acts 5, 17 through 25, then the high priest rose up and all those who were with him, which is of the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation. They laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. They put them in prison and the angel came and brought them out of prison. Unlocked the door, let them out and locked the door back. And when they heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest and those with them came and called the council together with all the elders of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and did not find them in the prison, they returned and reported, saying, Indeed, we found the prison shut securely and the guards standing outside before the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now when the high priest, the captain of the temple, and the chief priest heard these things, they wondered and what the outcome would be. So one came and told them, saying, Look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Angels open prison doors. In Acts chapter 12, verse 5 through 10, Peter is shut up in prison. Let me just read it from the scriptures. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him, out that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by them, and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they were past the first and the second guard post they came to the iron gate that leads to the city which opened to them of its own accord and they went out and went down one street and immediately the angel departed from it i want you to see what peter's doing peter is about to be executed and an angel comes and guess what peter's doing he's asleep he's about to be executed and he's asleep you talk about perfect peace and the angel comes and he unlocks a prison door and he brings him out and a matter of fact the church is in a prayer meeting Peter goes down to where they're meeting, knocks on the door, and a young girl says, who's there? Says, it's Peter. Well, you can't be Peter. You're in prison. Goes up and tells the people that are praying, and they say, look, don't bother us right now. We're praying. Yeah, but Peter's outside. We're praying. Don't bother us right now. Peter had trouble getting into the church. It was an angel who warned the wise men not to return to Herod. It was an angel who told Joseph to go to Egypt. Angels are very active in carrying out the plans of God. So, angels make divine announcements. Angels are busy with all kinds of activities. But thirdly, I want you to note the angel of the Lord this morning. In the Old Testament, when you read the words, the angel of the Lord, or the angel of his presence, or the angel of Jehovah, it's used many times to describe a pre-Bethlehem appearance 
of Christ. In Exodus 23, 23, he's called my angel. In Genesis 16, 7, Hagar met the angel of the Lord in the wilderness when she fled from Sarah. In Genesis 32, verses 24 through 30, Jacob wrestled with the angel of the Lord. In Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 14, the angel of the Lord spoke to Moses out of the burning bush. In Joshua chapter 5, verse 13, through Joshua chapter 6, verse 5, Joshua encountered the angel of the Lord as the captain of the Lord's host. And when he sees him, his sword is drawn. Joshua sees the captain of the Lord's host. Who is this? It's Jesus. How do we know it's Jesus? Because anytime you see the Lord appearing to man, the Bible says in the book of 1 Timothy, there is one mediator between God and man, Jesus. It is what we call a theophany or a Christophany. And it's a pre-Bethlehem appearance of Jesus, the angel of Jehovah, the angel of the Lord. In Daniel chapter 3, verse 28, Nebuchadnezzar built a beautiful image. He commanded that everyone in his kingdom would bow down into this image. But they were three Hebrew sons, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three Hebrew sons said, we're not going to bow down to this idol. We're not going to give place to this idol. So they were cast into a fiery furnace. You notice the Babylonians cast them into a furnace. But later when the Medes and Persians took over, they put Daniel into a lion's den because they believed fire was sacred and they worshiped fire. And Nebuchadnezzar said, heat it up seven times hotter. And the guards who threw them in were overcome by the flames and died as a result of that. And for some reason, I don't know if it was in a pit. I don't know where it was at. But for some reason, Nebuchadnezzar could stand and he could look. And evidently, he got some kind of sadistic joy out of seeing them burn to death. But yet when he looked, he saw three men and one other man. There was a fourth man in the fire. Who was this fourth man in the fire? Well, they said he looks like the Son of God. Was it an angel? I believe it was the angel of Jehovah, the angel of the Lord, Jesus himself, hallelujah, in the fire. But you say, wait a minute, they only got three out. That's because he's still in the fire. He didn't leave. Because he knew there'd come a day when his children would be cast into the fire. And when they were cast into the fire, just like he was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he would be with them in the fire. Hallelujah. He's the fourth man in the fire. So when you study angels, angels are very involved in the ministry of Jesus. They're warrior angels that God will send to stand guard over you. At times when you're weary, when you're tired, God will send a warrior angel to protect you and keep you. I believe there are watcher angels that watch over the word to help the Lord in his administration to bring those words to pass. I believe there are guardian angels that God sends to guard us and to help us. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews to beware lest you entertain angels unaware. Oftentimes, we may have an encounter with something and we may not realize until it's all said and done that that was actually an angel that God sent to us. 